Adriana Magana from Tigerside, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, you know, I'm so glad that we got to reconnect because it has been years since I've spoken to you. I mean, I followed your career, uh, some of the musical endeavors that you have done over the years. I think maybe the last time I actually spoke to you was the last time that you performed here in Bakersfield, which was... Can you even remember? <laughs> yeah, I would say 2015, 2016. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually. Oh, I found the notes right here. Last time you performed here in Bakersfield was December 2015 at Sandrini's with Mariachi Manchester and DJ Joe Zex. I love it. Yes, I remember. I want to say that w that might have been our first show. Well, my first show, you know, returning to Bakersfield after living in L.A. for a little while. That was one of our first shows. Tiger side, mm -hmm. I believe the first. Yeah, we performed. We performed a little bit after that, but that was our first show. Yeah, it was a nice show. It was big. A lot of people showed up. It no, I mean I have a lot of great memories from that, and it was actually I have to thank you again because I remember at the time there was another band that was supposed to perform. There was a local band who are now called Fonds of Love. Back then they were called Funeral Party, but I guess they had to change the name or they decided to change the name, and that was going to be one of the last shows known as Funeral Party. And oh, uh, and the Andriottis, they're now known as Fonds of Love, and they play all over Los Angeles. So if you ever see that name, it's it's the band formerly known as Funeral Party. They called up and they said, "Hey man." something a family situation came up we can't play i was looking around and then i don't know how it happened but they just somebody suggested tiger side and it was you and then it just worked out and you know everything happens for a reason so, i love it that was such a fun show yeah. and i think um, <laughs> it was just a good way to kind of like introduce tiger side to bakersfield <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and we're you know we're going to cover a lot of ground with this uh with this interview you're going to be coming back to bakersfield and we'll also talk about that but i really want to get to know adriana magana because i don't know you that well but i know that you have made an impact not only in the bakersfield music scene but you're doing stuff in los angeles i mean are you a permanent resident of la and how long have you been in los angeles born and raised in bakersfield mm -hmm. In 1999, I moved to Los Angeles. At that time, I uh, wasn't really doing too much musical projects. That's the reason why I went. I went to, to Los Angeles to, to explore and kind of see what opportunities were out there. At that time, I you know, had the opportunity of meeting a lot of, of uh, really talented musicians, producers, artists um, from all over L.A., different uh, genres and LA music scenes. You know, before we get into more of the LA thing, let me just kind of backtrack just a little bit. Kind of get okay. a little, I was a little excited to get to know you. Born and raised in Bakersfield. What side of town? Uh, the east side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> east side. You know, I've had a lot of luck with uh, some of the past uh, interviewees. Uh, Casey Nicoli, who was, you know, one of the kind of like the magic behind Jane's Addiction. Uh, okay. She graduated from Highland High School. Shannon Harris from Spike 1000. She came over here from Australia, landed in East Bakersfield because her dad got a job. I mean, all the guys from Corn. It just seems like East Bakersfield just produces talent after talent. And you're part of well, that yeah. tree. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, grow you're growing up on the east side. How big a family? I have a huge family, Mexican, you mm -hmm. know, Hispanic family. My great-grandmother came here from Mexico. So I am third generation. My grandmother was born here. And so a lot of family here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, my an uncle... We're all kind of like spread out in California, but an uncle of mine, he moved to Los Angeles, I want to say in the 70s, kind of around the time I was born, I think. Mm -hmm. And so growing growing up, you know, we would go, me and my cousins would go to visit him. I think that was kind of like my first 
experience of, of LA and he's an artist, he's a photographer and amazing. Just kind of had that experience and he provided that just a whole other world for us. The seed was I, I planted kinda, at that time. Yeah, for I, I knew at a very early age that I wanted to move to LA. I didn't really know how early on I knew that I wanted to sing or perform or act, do something. You know, I sing in, in choir, in, in school, did drama, a lot of school activities and mm-hmm. functions. My parents didn't have a lot of money to really like send me to to any type of special courses or, or classes and whatnot. But music, but was, music was played in the house. And what were you growing was, up listening to? It was, gosh, so much types of music. But I would say mostly like Motown. Mm-hmm. You know, I love like 60s, um, women's 60s, you know, bands. Yeah, just a lot of like Motown, soul. My You're a definite East Sider. I was definitely an East Sider. <laughs> yes, yeah. But what's, what's, yeah. what's interesting is that, you know, my, my mom grew up listening to a lot of that. My uncle, who moved to Los Angeles, was really big into like the punk scene. And he actually took a lot of photographs of punk bands at that time. And so, again, I was introduced to a lot of different types of, of, of music and art. And I think that kind of just sparked my interest to, to see what was out there. And I knew early on that I wanted to move to, yeah. to Los Angeles, which I did. What, uh, what's mm-hmm. your uncle's name? Uh, Luis Jacinto. Luis Jacinto. Well, if Luis, mm-hmm. is he still around? Okay. Yeah, he is. Luis, I want to see your uh, photo collection one of these days. Punk in the early, early, you know, 70s, 80s is my thing, so. Oh, I mean, he, <laughs> he was like one of the first, he has, he has photographs of like the Go-Go's before they were um, oh, pop, man. he would say. Wow. He says that they were punk, so. <laughs> yeah. So he was probably there with like Edward Culver and a, like a lot of the, like, I mean, just during that golden age, black and white photography in all the dive yeah. bars of Los Angeles, the Hong Kong cafe and all that. So you got a little taste of that. The seed is planted. You saw what else is out there. You know, I think it just takes that one moment, you know, and it just clicks with you. And so it totally makes sense. What high school did you go to? I went to Garces High School. Garces High School. <laughs> Were you a good Catholic girl? Uh, I, I yeah. hate, I, I was born and raised Catholic, but I, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, I've caught, I've kind of fallen off, you know, a little bit. Yeah, I had a lot of <laughs> questions. We'll just say that. I, I questioned a lot of things and... uh mm-hmm. Yeah, if my grandma were still here, she would still be getting on me and, you know, <laughs> telling me to go to church and baptize my children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but that's another story. Okay. But I tell her I've already baptized them. I've dipped them in the, in the ocean and, mm-hmm. you know, they're protected and we are baptized. <laughs> yeah. I was raised in a very strict Catholic home. My mom was a catechist and, you know, had the kind of like that, what you'd expect from the uh, Mexican-American, you know, Chicano, raised raised Chicano mm-hmm. in the Central Valley. I'm from McFarland. Mm-hmm. You're from East mm-hmm. Bakersfield. We probably have like, you know, listening to Motown, you listen to Spanish music, but a lot of soul music. You kind of have those things in common as far as like our musical influences and being raised Catholic at such a young age, it has such an impact that we don't realize the, you know, the Catholic guilt is a real thing, right? In a way, yeah. You know, uh, we did go to church early, you know, when I was younger, we, we went to church. Um, growing up, my my parents didn't go as often. and But of course, you know, during the holidays we did. And I would sing in church and in choir. But, you know, moving to LA, I would say I was kind of like a loud, not a loud, I was able to kind of just explore a world that I had never really got to experience in Bakersfield. Ba- Bakersfield life was very redundant. It was the same old, same old, you know, um, I didn't really have too many, I, I didn't know what to do as far as like music connections. I kind of just wanted to like start 
from scratch, I guess, you know, yeah. like wh what's out there? What can I, what can I discover? And going to LA, I started to meet a lot of like, uh, a lot of like-minded people. You know, at that time I was reading in, you know, in the early 2000s, I was reading a lot of esoteric and metaphysical type books, which opened my eyes to a whole other world as well. <laughs> With that, it inspired me to, you know, use that in my music as well. You know, if, if you hear any of my, my music, you may, you know, discover that some does sound a little bit esoteric. Did the Catholicism did, is definitely like a, a strict. Yeah. Uh, now, did you did it. you did you feel like when you went to L.A. and you started to see kind of like how the rest of the world lives, even though we are just 90 minutes away from Los Angeles mm -hmm. here in Bakersfield, the cultures are worlds apart. Oh, yeah. And the longer mm -hmm. that you're there, you realize it. And definitely us being right here in Kern County and Central Valley, mm -hmm. you know, L.A. is definitely escaping. You can see what what you're capable of. When did you move to L.A.? When did you decide this is the place for yeah. me? Yeah. You know, I was attending D.C. I wasn't doing too well, wasn't paying attention whatsoever. I think I'll never forget. It. I was sitting in like a biology class and I just wasn't into it. And I just got like a little Toyota car that could get me from A to B. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. Why not? I had friends who actually attended uh, Cal State Northridge at that time. And a room opened up. And I said, hey, well, can I, you know, can I go rent a, a room with you guys? They're like, yeah, yeah. So all of them were going to Cal State Northridge. Yeah. But that room opened up for me. And that was kind of like my ticket. Like, okay, I'm going to go live with them. I have my car. I'm out. I think I told my, my family, you know, I decided. And then that following month, I just like left. And this was, I moved in October of 1999. Mm. Um, I got a job at a, like a little mall in Northridge. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't know too many people except those friends who I moved in with. And I didn't go to college, but I had somewhat of like a college experience because of them. Mm -hmm. They invited me to a lot of um, the parties that they were going to. So I met a lot of people right away. And from that, it just started to build. People just know all types of people over there, yeah. especially in the industry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that area, Northridge and CSUN, I mean, it has such a history. My sister attended Northridge in the 80s. So mm -hmm. at that time, uh, Northridge, you know, K-Rock, the whole, everything that you would kind of daydream about Hollywood and Melrose and that whole culture mm -hmm. was at its peak. And Northridge was definitely one of those. I mean, there's places all over LA, but that mm -hmm. part, uh, Northridge, CSUN was such an important area and it's close yeah. proximity to everything. You just exactly. 118 and then the you're right there. Mm -hmm, the yeah. 101 and then you just, you know, you land in Hollywood, which, you know, I, at that time we went to Hollywood often, went to parties and, you know, Northridge and in the Valley area. I was very young at that time. I still really didn't have too much life experience, but I was there for it and I was doing it. You know, my goal was to meet people in the industry. I knew I wanted to sing. I really didn't know how or, you know, when you're young, you just kind of fearless and just go yeah. and do. And that was definitely like my state of mind at that time. Just go, 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 go. But it was great. You know, I met a lot of great artists. I had the opportunity of meeting a lot of different artists in, in different music scenes. So, you know, electronica, hip hip hop, you know, even going out into Hollywood and and being in the clubs, I, I met, you know, interesting people. Mm -hmm. Some not so good people either. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> um, I bet. Unfortunately, I had a lot of uh, unique experiences. Let's, let's just say that. So when did you start singing and what was the first kind of musical project that you got yourself involved in there? 
I had a boyfriend at the time there when I first moved. I met someone. Uh, he he kind of knew a lot of people. He was attending the college, and he introduced me to a DJ who was a part of a DJ crew called On Point. I think his name was Jeremy, but my friend, the producer friend who I connected with right away, his, his name is Kenny Siegel. Kenny Siegel at that time was producing for a lot of different artists at that time and there was always people coming in and out of his house so I I always had there was always like people either recording or jamming and I even got to you know just get on the mic and and sing and I was so shy because (laughs) all these artists were so confident and had been doing it for a while Um, but it was a great experience for me because I got to witness that and I was welcomed and invited in and and yeah it, it was wonderful. Those big houses, I remember uh, you'd read about yeah. the, the far side, they would have far side manor. Everybody lived in those old homes and yeah. everybody just kind of came in and out. <laughs> yeah. like, they were like yeah. labs. So you saw a lot oh, of, so cool. lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, th- I mean, when, I did. was it living up to what you imagined it could be right away leaving Bakersfield? You kind of had that introduction through what you saw through your uncle's work, you know, outside of school and everything like that, before you left Bakersfield, were you dabbling in any musical stuff here in Bakersfield before you moved to LA or was it just the high school and here and there? Yes, a little. I remember, I mean, as a youth, I remember dancing and doing things with like the local parks, like the, the recreation, my, Mm. me and my cousins would get dropped off every day in the summer at um, either Jefferson or Jester park. And we would, we would um, at the end of the summer, each park would compete and perform. And so I remember doing things like that as a youth and then much older singing in high school with friends. And I did meet a group called Fluid Intelligence, uh, mm-hmm. Francois and oh, Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they kind of brought me in. I sang, I sang a couple songs and hooks on, on their songs. They were hip hop MCs and that was a lot of fun. I think that right there kind of sparked some ideas of like, oh, this is cool. I could do this. And I, you know, I think that was pretty much it. I was introduced to them by Chuck, Chuck One. Yeah. So I met Chuck back in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, he's, um, he's, still, he's still busy now. In high school. Oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh. definitely. Um, he's actually done some artwork for Tiger Side. Oh yeah, you know what? I think I noticed yeah. this on one of the videos. Um, some video. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw it, which I love those videos, and, and we're going to talk about some of the music because I definitely want to share some of this music with the Baco Tunes listeners. You sent me a grouping of five songs, which I love them all. So thank you for that. Oh, but no when problem. you're in LA, so you you had kind of dabbled in Bakersfield. You make the jump to to Los Angeles. Did you see things happening right away? Like there's some potential here, or were you were you <laughs> give it? Were you like almost gonna just you know I'm packing my bags and I'm coming back to Bakersfield? Now looking back, there was a whole lot of potential. If I could tell my younger self some things like right now, I definitely would like to do things a little bit differently. But at that time, I you know as I said earlier, I was just kind of go 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 meeting people, going out. I mean, LA's big, but it could also be a very lonely place because oh, yeah. everybody's everybody's after something. And not to be selfish, LA, I mean, it requires a lot of energy <laughs> to just do oh, your I'm thing. So and just, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. LA requires a lot of energy just to wake up every morning and get to work or commute. I mean, it requires a lot of energy, a lot of planning. Oh, no, it does. I agree with you. And, you know, at that time, if you think about it, during the, the late, you know, early 2000s, mm-hmm. 
there was no Spotify. There was no channels that we have right now to promote our music. It wasn't like that. So everything was still very organic. And I remember leaving producers' houses and them burning a CD for me so that I could go home and like work on that <laughs> and yeah. um, of music. And I mean, to this day, I still have like stacks of CDs. I just kept them. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like a relic, like an old relic, right? <laughs> but there's always there's some it gems was, on there. And a lot of there's nostalgia. Some gems. Yeah. yeah, that stuff that will never, I think, be released. I have a lot of stuff that I've recorded that is not released to this day. Just mm. because of the time and but yeah, I, I will say that it was probably more. It was a very exciting time. You know, as I mentioned earlier, meeting Kenny, I think that's I met uh a good friend of mine, a producer, not, I'm sorry, an MC, Phoenix Orion. Phoenix Orion, he is a MC and he's from actually New York. Um, but he's put out a lot of music and he invited me in and I've been featured on some of his mu musical projects. I think that was kind of like the first, the first time I was featured on a more professional level yeah. because they had distribution. There was artwork. I got, I got to kind of like witness the whole, you know, from start to end process. Yeah. Were the studios um, kind of actual studios or were they like in a house in a bedroom somewhere, you know, set up? In because a house. Yeah. In a house in a bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 In a house in a bedroom. To this day, I mean, you could still do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, at that time, that's all. It, that's what it was. It was always in a house. Indie, indie, but it was, indie. Indie, indie, indie. Always yeah. indie. <laughs> I remember in those early 2000s, because like I had talked to you off the air in another conversation that I had spent about a year and a half in LA right at the end, of, right when after I graduated from, uh, from Cal State in 2003. And mm -hmm. so Los Angeles still had a radio presence. So you had one of the last stations there that would play independent music. It wasn't taken over by the corporate radio world yet, mm -hmm. but it was Indy mm -hmm. 1031. So they had okay. all those specialty shows. They would have like the Crystal Method would have their own show on at night. Uh, they had a mm. punk show. They had a rock and espanol show. And it was in the building right there off of Wilshire, Entrevision Communication. It was actually a Mexican, uh, a Spanish radio group, but they had um, an independent, like a, it was Indy 1031. And they had like... Um, the singer from the uh, uh, Joe Escalante from the Vandals, he had his own show. He hosted a morning show there, and then he would do like a legal show. Uh, and Dickie mm -hmm. Barrett from the Mighty Mighty Boston's had his own show. And like I said, the Crystal Method, Jonesy's Jukebox, Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols started that on that. So I love it. there was a time when you could, you know, like bands, like if you had Tiger Side back then, there was a good chance oh. that you could actually get played on the air. And it was the beginning of streaming, so the radio stations were, were – were had improved their listen live button that you if you went to their website from wherever you were on the planets whether you were in Los Angeles you were terrestrial you were streaming or we you come back to Bakersfield all you had to do was just mm -hmm. you know have some good speakers in. yeah and listen yeah. in and all that so you were there you got to see a lot you were there at a really good time as an artist to be able to see the potential in yourself yes and no no yes and okay no. well tell me tell there... me some tell me some stories well I mean just as a woman, mm. you know, in the industry, it was not easy. I would say that the people whom I, who I would meet in the nightlife and the industry type people, you know, it wasn't always the best. <laughs> Let's just say, you know, people are always out for something. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, but luckily, you know, I did also meet some really amazing people with integrity who who taught me so much. But it wasn't always a good experience, you know. And at that time, I think I was going by the name of Mazul. You know, as I mentioned, I was reading a lot of like esoteric, metaphysical type books and mm-hmm. just searching and 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 discovering new things and and utilizing that in for my music, for writing my music. Yeah. And it was interesting because the people that I met were into the same things. You know, they were doing the same thing. And it was such a unique time. The, the, the technology what wasn't what it is today, but it was going in that direction. And I saw it. Um, you know, I even had a chance to get signed to a online recording label. Mm-hmm. I think this was like in 2002. Um, a couple of producers who I was working with, they had just started their production company. What was the style and, that you were that you were uh, delving in at that time? Oh, different ones. So like with them, it was a little bit more commercial, pop, soul, like R&B. But then, you know, working with electronic and the hip hop scenes, that was more experimental indie. It was more of like a trip hop vibe. I, w- I was really into like Portishead. I mean, yeah. I've been listening to them for a while, even Sneaker prior pimps. to that. But yeah, you know, Massive Attack yeah. and Morchiba, Bjork. I can hear that. That's a good thing. Yeah. And I thought it was so strange that there was this online, you know, recording a, a label that was on the internet. I thought that was so bizarre. And I turned it down. I didn't want to do it mm. because it was just so weird to me. You know, Capitol Records was around Virgin. Like, I still thought that that's how you you got to share your music. Oh, I bet. I turned it down. I didn't want to do it. Um, just didn't make sense to me. I mean, there was a lot of things that, that I did. I would demo music for people. I would audition for things. I mean, I don't know. My timeline is pretty crazy, Matt. Yeah. Like... I, I've done I've done a lot of different different things and worked on a lot of different projects. <laughs> Any acting in there? Did you ever audition for anything? Um, no acting. I auditioned for the Pussycat Dolls at one time. Not the really? actual like dance group, not the dance group Pussycat Dolls, but the singing group. Yeah, because the the mm-hmm. original Pussycat Dolls was the one that would that would perform at the Viper Room, right? Right. That was like the dance group. That was I the think. dance group. Um, no. So this was like um, something that came about, I want to say maybe like 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the year really, but I want to say that was the year. And I went to audition. I actually did pretty good. There were thousands of girls and I'm, I made it to like top, I want to say like 20. Wow. And, but I screwed up. <laughs> okay. What happened? <laughs> you know, I did, I did really well singing. I felt really comfortable, you know, sharing a song, singing, and then we had to sing and dance at the same time. <laughs> oh, okay. And I, it just wasn't my thing. I, even though I think I thought I wanted to do that, I soon grew to learn that, no, it just didn't feel like me. Like I didn't want to go up and dance and sing and it just didn't feel comfortable. So I, yeah, it just, it didn't work out. But, but, was, but you fun. saw the potential, once again, you saw the potential in yourself though. That's, that's yeah. pretty good, you know. I mean, I mean, because that group got really big there for a while. They did. Yeah. They did. After that, after that audition, I want to say like a month after that, I saw them performing on stage in Vegas. I wasn't in Vegas on on television. I saw uh-huh. them. And what'd you say to I yourself? Like, oh, I was like, oh, I remember that girl because I knew <laughs> which, <laughs> which one made it. 
Because uh-huh. I remember seeing her. She was really, really good. Oh, well, that's a, that's a really cool experience. You know, apart from not making it, I mean, how was that experience? Was it a positive one? Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah I'll never forget. One of the judges who was, I don't remember his role in the industry, but I remember this gentleman coming up to me after and he said, you know what? You have really, really good tone. And I took that with me. I'm like, oh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> oh, you do. I do. Yeah, you do. do. You do have a really good tone. Um, that's definitely one thing I've noticed. I've never been classically trained. And yeah, I think I do. I do have pretty good tone. Now, Adriana, tell me about She Exists and the name. I've gone by multiple names <sighs> since releasing and creating music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so She Exists uh, was actually a name given to me by a producer and very good friend of mine. I want to say in 2008, I changed my artist name to She Exist. At that time, I had already like experienced a lot of barriers that women commonly face in the industry. Yeah. I felt like I could be a symbol for underrepresented um, women mm-hmm. and just women in general who struggle in life for whatever reason. So the name fit. Yeah, that's a great name. And I love the Thanks. way it's spelled too, because it, it's easy to pronounce. People say Shexist, I think. <laughs> I think it's fun. I'm like, oh, well. Oh, I knew right away. She Exist. Oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, that, no, I like that. Let's come back to the story. So you're in LA. You're you've already mm-hmm. got you've already got a uh, little time under your belt. You're meeting people, all the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys of life in Los Angeles. When did parenthood come into your life? Let's yeah. talk about being a parent and an artist. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. It's uh, keeps you on your toes. It keeps me on my toes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Becoming a parent, I learned what what time <laughs> meant. Yeah. Um, Cause I didn't have any more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Were you, when, when you became a parent and we won't go too much into your, in your, into your personal business. And that could be another story if we were doing a parenthood podcast, but we are not. But as we are both artists and we are both parents, I understand when you wake up in the morning, first thing you think of is what are the kids doing? And then you can think about the music. Yeah. What were you doing at the time that you became a parent? And, you know, where was life at the time? Same. It just, I've never stopped working on music and staying and creative. It's just a part of me. To this day, I stay creative. It hasn't ended. It's definitely a little bit more challenging to do what I want to do at, you know, at any given time. It's just, it's impossible. So that part did change. But just like everything else, I think having children kind of, whips you into shape I don't know it did for me like my perspective changed Um, (laughs) just it just changes you and so with that I I was a different person music became different you know how I spent my time and and made time for it became different yeah do you, um, do you have strategic um, oh yes Uh Mm -hmm. no it's all about strategy and and uh, navigating through life and emotions, lots yeah. of emotions, you know, <laughs> because your child requires, you know, they require extra, yeah, attention. <laughs> extra attention. I have two children mm-hmm. and they, they both come to the studio with me if they got to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How, what, are, what are the age, age range, if you don't mind asking? Yeah. So my, my daughter, she is 12 mm. <laughs> and I had a, I just recently had a little boy. He just turned one. Wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations. It's been a good year, right? <laughs> it's, been a, uh, yes. <laughs> it, it's been an exciting year to say That's the least. <laughs> wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, I tell people you'll know how real joy in life is once you become a parent. 
when you talked about CSUN, my son graduated uh, from CSUN uh, the day that uh, my wife and I got married. So I didn't get to make it to his graduation, but we got to see it online. Thank God for streaming. And as soon as he Love walked it. across, he just zoomed all the way over here. We, you know, put on his tux and we jumped in the limo and then we went and got oh, married. I love <laughs> but I uh, love yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, but Congrats. yeah, so season. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so let's let's get back to the music. So, Tiger Side, tell me about how Tiger Side came together and how you met your bandmate, Saint Brendan. Brendan. Yeah, tell me yes. all about that. Uh, well, I had just moved back to Bakersfield from Los Angeles. I had already been living in Los Angeles for a little over 11 years decided to move back and I was a little bummed out that I was leaving a lot of my resources behind I guess at that time I felt like you know again people weren't really I guess we were all working from afar because I, I was already doing that mm-hmm. but at the same time it wasn't as easy to just connect with you know producers and, and different artists let's see so I'm, I'm in Bakersfield and I actually seeked out bands and, and artists, like who can I connect with in Bakersfield? Like I want to work on music, you know what I mean? Um, at the same time, I was looking at online, looking at ads, and I came across an ad from St. Brendan. He had put out, he was looking for a vocalist for a band, for his band. Um, at that time, I really didn't know how big of the band, but it's just him. He produces the music and plays live synth. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, it sounded like a good fit. He he kind of just described the type of music that he creates. And I'm like, wow, this sounds kind of cool. So I reached out to him. Uh, we we talked and we scheduled a time to meet and just kind of jammed out. And the rest is history. Like we just have still been working on music together. Was he was what part of L.A. was he living in? Hollywood. Oh, so he was in Hollywood. So you'd moved back to Bakersfield. Were you back in back in East Bakersfield? With the familia, I was, I was back in East Bakersfield with the familia, um, <laughs> and I had just given birth to my little girl mm-hmm. at that time, and this was in 2011. So she was born in 2010. Yeah, and so yeah, I was, um, hmm. you know, with family and good support, reconnected. good support group. Yeah, yeah, good support group. Um, my mother also was diagnosed with cancer at that time. Oh, I needed to be close with family at that time, and. Yeah. It just made sense. It was good. A lot of good things came from that. The angels and are, she's doing the angels great, are always guiding. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, I was I was hoping you were going to yeah. say that. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, she's awesome. She's oh, still that's, it fresh. that's that's great. That's great. Amen. Amen to that. You know, with our with amen. our Catholic background. Amen to all the good spirits amen. that that brought us here and able to have this conversation and get to get to hear that good news. So you and Brandon are kind of jamming out. You're doing it now. Did you have any particular, who came up with the direction and, and you know, how did you become Tiger Side? He named the band. He mm-hmm. had the idea already, you know, set in mind. Um, I was cool with it. I liked it. Um, I was like, let's go, let's do it. Um, and I loved that I had someone who was committed to a project. Whereas before, I think everything was kind of experimental except for projects like you know with phoenix or i didn't mention this before but with lvx collective um they invited me to sing Mm -hmm. with them that's another project we released two albums as well and that's with zen from the visionaries you Um, know okay so i i kind of knew there had to be a visionary (laughs) uh connection there because but let but okay so 
pause right there. I want to play mm-hmm. this song because I know it has to be one of the members of the Visionaries on it, and I I think I'm right. This is um, Dan New of mm-hmm. the Visionaries, producer Paranormal, and Dan New just hit me up one day and said, Azul, because that's another. That's how he knows me as Azul, Anima Azul. Um, and so he hit me up. He said, Azul, I hear you on this track. Will you come and sing? And I'm like, yeah, of course. So I'm so happy that he did. That song's amazing. I love it. So much fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a great good. song. Well, let's hear some of that. This is Summer Love with... Danu, Paranormal, She Exists, and Ritmatic. Yeah, actually. let's hear some of that right now. You guys are going to love it. Say goodbye to May Gray. June coming soon with the gloom, but it's okay. Even with the clouds, we so proud of a city. Summer love, July, clear skies are plenty. Dog days in August, you can surf the heat wave. Apply some block rock shades that band rays. Rise from the east, set down on the west end. Summertime shine, hope the feeling will transcend. Started with the sunlight, smell the coffee. I just like to smell caffeine, no hardly. Strive to be mind, body, soul for healthy. Find Mary J's real love, be wealthy. Whenever times are hard, real ones will help me. Always thank God, got a mama who fed me. New tough times, tough luck, and tough love. Strong like the sun, what my heart is made of. That was Summer Love, a great song. Now, can people find these songs online? Or, you know, are they available anywhere on streaming services or Bandcamp or anything? Oh, yeah, all streaming. Um, You know, Bandcamp, I believe, um, iTunes, Spotify, all channels. Yeah. What do you suggest is the best way to keep up with all things Tiger Side and She Exist? I have a website, sheexist.love. 
Tigerside is tigerside.com. She exists official, Tigerside official on IG. You could find our music on all music streaming platforms. So it shouldn't be too hard. You know, pull up your Google search and type in our names and I'm sure something will, will pop up for you. Yeah. And remember, if you were confused about how to pronounce She Exists, it is spelled S-H-E-X-I-S-T. Do I have it right? You have it right. There you go. Do you want to give a shout out to anybody before we say goodbye? I mean, yes, to my family in Bakersfield. I love you. Saber, Chuck One. Yeah, just all the beautiful people in Bakersfield. We love you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast. If you'd like to catch Real Talk on Terrestrial Radio, you can catch the live broadcast every Friday from 10 a.m. to noon on Forge 103.9 FM in the Kern County area. You can also stream the show and podcast from Forge1039.com. And if that's not convenient enough, you can also follow and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts. Technology is amazing. Thanks again. 